Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. All right, guys. Man, I am excited to share uh, this evening with you. Um, What I'm going to be sharing about this evening actually uh, began in a devotion that we do, you know, Pastor Kim said uh, that she's been enjoying seeing everybody, excuse me, Monday through Friday, and she didn't really mean in person. We're not gathering Monday through Friday secretly anywhere else, right? It's, it's the devotions that we do. So we do a morning devotion at 8 a.m., uh, Monday through Friday on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and then it's archived there. You can go back and check it out Monday through Friday, obviously, or any day during the week. You can also go to the website. It's on the website. You also, if you subscribe to the Journey Church podcast, it's on the Journey Church podcast. We want to make sure that we're giving you as much information throughout the week to encourage you to keep you built up. How many of you know it wears you down being in a pandemic? Does it not? It wears you down being in a pandemic. It wears you down being in the same thing where you're in the same routine every single day. And sometimes you need just that 30 minute moment just to have some God time, right? Just to have some time where where your kids aren't running around you acting crazy and you can just get and hang out and and get some God time in. So this today, I'm excited again. Um, We're not starting a series. We just wrapped a series called uh, After the Cross. I would encourage you, if you have not checked that series out, man, please go back and watch it. Very, very enlightening. Very, very uh, uh, inspirational. So go back and check it out. This week's probably going to be a standalone. I say probably because I don't know. We might end up going a couple weeks or not. I'm not sure. But at least, at least we're going to have a blast tonight. So uh, if you would, you go ahead and mark your spot in your Bibles. You can check it out over in Romans chapter 12. Just hold your, your finger there. And that's where we're going we're gonna to be unpacking scripture at uh, this evening. So I know some things about COVID, right? This, this whole pandemic thing has done a couple things for all of us. It's changed the way that we look at life, doesn't it? right? It has changed the way that we look at life. And it's also changed our, a lot of routines, a lot of things that we see. Um, but also, you know, the number one thing about this whole pandemic deal, this whole COVID deal, is that what it's done is it's caused a lot of us to face parts of us that we don't necessarily like, right? It's the parts of us that we try to keep hidden uh, when, when everybody else is around, right? We, we don't like the, the part of us that arises uh, when we're under pressure, right? We don't like that. Kind of like the Hulk, you won't like me when I'm angry. A lot of us are kind of the same way when we're under pressure. You won't like me when we're under pressure. It reveals a lot of things. It reveals, it gets real, guys. It gets real. You get to see what you are all made out of, right? You get to see what your friendships are made out of. You get to see what your marriage is made out of. Lord knows you get to see what your marriage is made out of, right? You get to see what your parenting is made out of. Man, I, I can I just... A little humble brag. Can I just humble brag? I have not killed my kids. Amen, somebody. And that's a good thing. Y'all know, y'all, every parent who has had kids home for the last three months, you should pat yourself on the back. Good job, because this is going to be a six-month summer break, and you know that they're already trying to say that they may not go back in 2020, right? That they may not go back until 2021. So if your kids are still going, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, so, but it shows you It shows you really what's on the inside. It reveals who you are on the inside. And during our devotion time uh, during the week, a couple different times over the last couple of months, uh, we've been digging around in Romans 12. How many different times has that scripture come up? And I've been spending time with that even in my my personal time. And I came across uh, this passage of scripture. I've read a thousand times. Probably you have too. But begin to see it in a way that just really helped me see God 
uh, better. Help me see his love better. Help me recognize his character better. Um, and, and, and it excited me. And so I, I couldn't uh, wait to actually just preach it here to you guys, right? Um, the gospel is all about people. How many of you guys would agree? Right? The gospel is all about people. Now, we have some people in the studio today, right? Um, and we got a lot of you guys at home. But how many of you agree the gospel is about people? Jesus was about people. The gospel is about people. And that doesn't change when you're stuck in your house with your family and your, your, your kids. That doesn't change. The gospel is still about people. And we are to still be about people. The ones who are closest to us, the ones we're seeing constantly. The gospel is about people. And, and the apostle Paul, when he was writing in Romans, he gave us some really solid wisdom to deal with people right here in Romans chapter 12. And I, and I want you to check this out. Romans chapter 12 right here. I'm going to give you a secret right now. Now, listen, this is good secret. This is a good secret. I'm going to give you the secret of how to be right every time. How many of y'all would like to do that, right? How, how many would like to know how to be right every, every time? If you're married, say amen. All right, you want to be right every time. All right, and so we're actually going to start in verse 9, and we're going to get down to verse 21. Y'all are making this fun, guys. The in-house crowd is making this fun. I'm seeing smiling faces. It's been so long since I preached to a crowd. I'm so loving it. All right, so we're going to start with verse 9, Romans chapter 12, verse 9, and this is what it says. I'm going to read down to 21. And then I'm just going to kind of unpack this. I know some of y'all are like, man, that's a lot of scripture. Praise the Lord. I bet you if Jesus was standing here, y'all wouldn't have said that to Jesus. Nope. That's right. All right. So here we go. Verse 9. Verse 9, Romans 12. It says, don't just pretend. Say pretend for me, church. Y'all say pretend. Don't just pretend to love others. He says, really love them. Hate what is good. Hold tightly to what is, uh, hate what is wrong, sorry. Hold tightly to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11 says, never be lazy. Amen. Never be lazy. Tell that to your kids when they're doing the chores. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically and rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Y'all got that? Be patient, patient in trouble and keep on praying. But it says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Man, we have seen people and families responding left and right during this crisis. People, the church responding and, and doing incredible things, man. So when God's people are in need, be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality. Verse 14. Come on, church. Let's keep going. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Verse 17. Keep going. Watch. Verse 17. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. I can't wait till we talk about that. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies, do me a favor, church, say enemies. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. And if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. In verse 21, it says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what? Good. Good. Conquer evil by doing good. Now, why in the world are we reading a passage of scripture that's talking about how we relate to one another, particularly our enemies, those who persecute us? Why are we talking about that now? In, in this time, because how many, it doesn't take very long for you to be cooped up in a house with your family, for you to begin to look at your family as the enemy. It does not take very long for you to look at the, the spouse that you've been married to for 25 years, and all of a sudden, because you guys ain't been away from each other very long, all of a sudden, she's no longer, or he's no longer the number one fan that he was before all this broke out. <laughs> so why are we talking about this? I think it applies. It not only applies to the people who really are trying to persecute us, but good Lord, it applies to the people we're doing life with every single day right now. Amen. And so look, we're going to begin to unpack this. Start with verse nine real quick. And it says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to love others, but, but really love them. But really love them. You know, we can pretend to love others when life is normal, right? Because, you know, you know you're, not, you're not around them all the time. And so you can put on a smiling face, even though you can't stand the person you're talking to. You can put the smiling face on, and you can put, like this, you can put it on and go, oh, bless you, brother, I love you. You a liar. You do not love them the way you're supposed to, right? This is don't pretend to love, but really do it. And when it says don't pretend love, it's not just talking about expressing your love through the words, I love you, but it's literally saying, but really do it. Really do what? 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7 tells us exactly what love looks like. Love is patient. Don't just pretend to love, actually be patient. Don't pretend to be kind, actually be kind, right? Don't, don't pretend to love, but actually don't count the wrongs that have been done against you. Don't pretend to love, but literally rejoice when truth wins out. Don't pretend to love, but literally go all in and never give up on the person you're around. Don't just pretend to love. Paul says, don't just pretend to love. Really do it. Really do it. It says, in one translation, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. Hypocritos, the, 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 the mask. That's what it means, the mask. Let, let love be genuine and real. Right, listen, remember, the gospel is all about what, church? The gospel is all about love, right? Or the gospel is all about people, right? It's all about people. If the gospel is all about people, and it's all about people connecting to the one who's crazy about all people, then the number one quickest, fastest way to get them to that point is by loving. It's how, it got, it's how God got you to your point. It's by loving. It's by loving. Don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. It says, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Let's bump down to, to verse 14. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. All right, verse 14, it says, bless those who persecute you. It says, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Bless those who persecute you, right? And that doesn't mean through gritted teeth, right? It doesn't mean looking at someone going, God bless you. You've got to because I'll knock your face in. 
That's not what it's talking about. How many of us, we do that sometimes, don't we, though? I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus. Lay your hands on you. That's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about. It says, bless them. Do you know that word bless there means to speak, to speak a blessing or to invoke the blessing of God on them? That means that those who persecute you, those who are pushing every last button they know how to push in your life, it says, the Lord says, you are to bless them. You are to seek me in that moment and you are to ask me to bless their lives. Well, how many of you think, well, that's just unfair, right? That's just unfair. Well, can I let you in on a little something, guys? Grace ain't fair. Grace ain't fair. That's what makes grace so incredible. Bless those who persecute you. Go to God and say, God, I want you to bless their life. But, 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 but they don't like me. They've talked about me. They've done things to me. No, Lord, I want you, Lord, to bless their life. I want you to show off in their marriage. I want you to show off in their family. I want you to show off in their job. God, I want you to bless their finances. Lord, I want you to bless them. Why in the world would God want us to do that? Because we know something that they don't know. And that's this in Romans 2, 4, it says, don't you know that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance? It's the goodness of God that causes men to begin to change their mind about him, about themselves. And so when we're advocating on behalf of those who persecute us, we are looking for God's goodness to show off in their life because we know just like, like God does, man, when the goodness of God shows off in your life, it has the ability to radically change your perspective. Come on, somebody, right? Bless those who persecute you. It literally means to invoke a blessing upon them. This is the one of the most Christ-like things that we can do, church, right? This is one of the most Christ-like things we can do. Who else invoked a blessing upon those who persecuted him? Sunday school answer, go for it. Jesus, everybody knows that one, right? Jesus. When Jesus was nailed, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was spit on, he was punched, he was nailed to a cross on Calvary and mocked. And he looked out across humanity back and forth, beginning to end, and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He invoked the blessing of God on their lives. How many of you know, man, it, it will cause your whole life to transform when you recognize that the Lord, the Lord who created the heavens and the earth is radically and madly in love with you? It's coming to know his goodness. It's coming to know who he is that will change your life. And to change your life. It says, goes on, it says in verse 14, it says this, it says, it says, um, don't curse them. Don't curse them. Ready for this? If blessing means to invoke, right, to invoke uh, blessings upon them, then cursing means to invoke cursings upon them, to invoke negative situations. I hope every tire on their car pops on the way home for cutting me off. That's invoking a curse. That's cursing. Y'all act like y'all ain't done it, though, but you have. We act like we haven't done it, but we've driven on 64. Come on, somebody. We've driven on I-64, and how many times have you invoked a curse on someone instead of invoking the blessing? Lord, I just pray they get 50 miles a gallon in that gas tank. Lord, bless them, Lord. So y'all like, nah, nah, nah. Do you see what happens? This is so Christ-like, man. I'm so excited about this. It's half the people in the room, and it's half 
that this message is just so good. What is the purpose? The purpose of our lives is to constantly reveal Christ to others. It's constantly to reveal the goodness of God to others because we want people to know what we know. People are broken, y'all. People are living lives broken, depressed, riddled with anxiety and fear and worry. And we want them to have the same security and the same comfort and the same joy that we have. It ain't ours to keep up inside and not share. Go down two more verses, right? In this passage, it says, live in, it says live in harmony with each other. Listen, live in harmony with each other. You are in a house full of people. You are called by God to live in harmony with each other. Somebody like, but you don't know my spouse. No, I don't. You don't know my kids. No, I don't. None of that matters. You are called to live in harmony. Listen, that word harmony right there, it means to seek and strive and direct one's mind towards a thing. You are to purposely seek oneness with people. Reconciliation. That's our, our calling to strive, to seek, to strive, to direct one's mind towards a thing. Well, how do you begin to live in harmony? Because a lot of us think that the world would be a better place and we would have a lot more harmony if everybody would just agree with us. Come on. If everybody would just think the way we think, the world would be a, a better place. Sunshine and rainbows, come on. But it's not true. <laughs> it's not. See, seeking harmony is not making someone see what you want them to see. Seeking harmony is literally doing what Jesus did, which is seeking to understand where they're at. Seeking to understand where they're at. So often, so often, church, we want to be understood before we want to understand. And if we're going to seek harmony, particularly with the people we're living in this roof with, under this roof with, right? We're going to seek harmony. We have to first seek to understand before being understood, right? Because maybe our perspective begins to change a little bit when we recognize where they come from. Maybe, maybe the grace flows just a little bit more when we understand the hardships that they've endured, the relationships they've been in, the abuse that they've suffered. Maybe, maybe then we can have compassion and we can begin to see, man, and recognize, listen, people don't ever do things because of who you are. They do things because of who they are. We just can't just take this stuff so personally, right? Live in harmony. Seek to understand before being understood. You know, in order to do this, you have to let go of something. It's the very last part of that verse. It says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And the last part of this verse tells you how to do the first part. Hear me, church. The last part of that verse tells you how to do the first part. It says, and don't think you know it what? all. And don't think you know it all. But I'm really good at thinking I know it all. And I'm not saying that like you guys are. I'm saying for me, I'm really good at thinking I know it all. I know. Some of y'all know me like, you're right. But I'm really good at that. 
But I got to realize, I got to realize that I don't, right? And man, it, it brings me back down to earth when I recognize that I don't. When I recognize that somebody, else, somebody else's opinion carries value. Somebody else's insight can show me things. Y'all, when I, when I first started out in ministry, um, I was preaching the gospel and nobody liked me. I don't know how that works. Nobody liked me. It was funny. It was like, you're good at preaching, but just I don't want to hang out with you, you know? Because I thought I knew it all, and it took some really good friends in my life to, to help me see, man, you need to understand people before trying to make people understand you. And I remember watching. I had a, a buddy of mine that started pastoring at his church that he had started, a, a guy named Pastor Freddie Villarreal, pastors uh, Freedom Life Church. And I remember when I first, I was 25 years old, man, and I remember when we first started pastoring together, I remember I would say something. We would do these digging deeper group nights, right, where we would unpack scripture. And he said, hey, I want you to be a part of that. You have a lot of information, a lot of knowledge on that stuff. I want you to be a part of that. And I was like, bet, no problem. I'm on it, right? So we get in there, and I'm like giving scriptures, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. People would ask questions. I'm like, well, you see, this is why. And I start answering the question and they would look right at me and they would look over at him and they would just ask the question again I'm like y'all did not just hear what I just said and it took a couple times of being in that environment when I before I realized man I, I gotta listen better and I, I begin to study how he talked to people. And I begin to study how he listened to people and I begin to study that and it began to change how I related to people it began to change how I related to people. And you know what's really cool, man, is, is, is when you have friends like that who are eager to hear, why is it that you feel you have a need to always be right? And they, and, and they allow you to speak and share, and you begin to go, well, I don't know, I have daddy issues, and I have mommy issues, and I felt like the only way I was able to be validated is if I had the right information, because that's how I drew my value and my worth. I had to always be right. And then when I begin to realize that I didn't have to always be right to, be, to have value and worth, I, I begin to realize that my... My value and worth is established in God, and I was shown that. Then I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can not be right all the time. Most of the time. But it was important. But I would have never gotten there if someone hadn't first sought to understand me before making me understand. Verse 17. Y'all digging this, man? This is good, right? This is good stuff to help you, right? All right, so verse 17. Look what it says. Um, Y'all know how you're getting old? You're like, lean over, look at your Bible, like, that is small print. All right. This is very small print. <laughs> and then I got glasses on, y'all. Y'all stop throwing stones. All right. Verse 17. <laughs> it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Come on, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Never pay back evil with more evil. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Paul is more holier than Jesus? That's the easy answer to the question. And no, right? And do you think Jesus is different than God? No, come on, no. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God in relationship from the beginning of time, from existence, right? All in relationship together, they are the same, Jesus and God. And so Paul is reflecting Jesus in this. Paul echoes 
Jesus in this. I want you to hear what we just said. We, we want to, there, there are people, man, who, who pound, they, they pound um, the Bible. You've got to take everything as literal. You've got to take everything literally. And, and I'm not trying to argue and debate uh, literal and, and figurative and all this stuff, allegorical, but I just, I just want to say this. We want to take the Bible literal and all these things, except for the part where it says, love your enemies. If we're, going to make, if we're going to take a stand on, on literal everything, then literalize loving your enemies and not pretending to love your enemies, but to really love your enemies, to be kind with your enemies, to be good to your enemies, to not count your enemies' wrongs against you, to be patient with them, right? right? To endure with them, to never give up on them, to really love your enemies. If we're going to literalize it and make it literal, then let's just, make, I, and I'm for it, I'm good with, with that, but let's, let's do that, right? Let's. Let's really love our enemies. Over in Matthew chapter 5, this is what happens when the pastor ain't had no real people to preach to for months. Y'all get held hostage. I got time. It's coming. I'm watching the time. Five. She says that's all good. Everybody else is like, mm. I kid. I kid. All right. Go over to Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 20, 43. It is so small. I don't understand. I just, it just, it does. It keeps going down. Like the font size keeps going down each chapter. Matthew chapter five, verse 43. Oh my. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jesus is teaching Matthew uh, five. And this is what he says in verse 43. You have heard the law say, love your neighbor. Amen. We can love our neighbor, right? How many of you know it's easy to love somebody who loves you back? That's, that's pretty easy, right? But Jesus goes on and says, he says, you have heard the law say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. enemy. But watch this, Jesus reinterpreting scripture. Watch, watch for Jesus. But I say to you, love your enemies. What are you talking about, Willis? Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you, y'all get this. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Do you see how big of a deal this is? Jesus shows up to a culture who is obsessed with laws. And he's pound, they're pounding the drum of the law. Love your neighbors. Love your, yeah, love your neighbors. You got to love your neighbors. Hate your enemies. They're not in it for you. Love your neighbors. And Jesus says, let me just flip this script all around for you. I'm going to take it a step further. I'm God. I get to do that. Love your enemies. And let me tell you this. I want you to hear what he's saying, how big of a deal this is. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Y'all, we just read that in Paul, right? right? We just read that in Paul. In this way, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. How will you act as true children of your Father in heaven, church? How does that happen? When you love your enemies and you bless those or pray for those, bless those who persecute you, right? That's when you know you're a child of God. And, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's saying you'll be a child of God, which means you carry the characteristic traits, the character traits of God. You look like God when you love your enemies. 
You look like God when you love your enemies. We know for children, uh, this, is, this is good, this is paradigm shifting, isn't it, right? We know as children of God, listen, we do not have the right, listen to me, church, we do not have the right to have enemies. We do not have the right to have enemies. Now, let me just clarify this, right? Because I know immediately everybody's in different situations. Some of you might come from abusive situations. You might be in an abusive relationship. I am not saying that, okay, I should just endure abuse right now and just endure this abuse, right? Because I'm not supposed to have enemies. Get to a safe place if you're in that situation. But you don't reserve the right as a child of God to hate. We reserve the right to love. And the first step of loving for you looks like praying for the person who's abused you, then you can start there. That's not making light of what you've gone through at all. That's stretching you to see how much power you have as a child of God. He says, you'll be like your your father. And God knows no enemies. Think about it. God knows no enemies. Well, what about the scripture that says we were enemies with God? Yeah, but Colossians tells us what type of enemies we were with God. We were enemies with God in our what church? Our our minds. We were enemies of God, but we were not God's enemies. There's a difference between the two. There's a difference between the two. And he goes on to say, and listen, your family isn't your enemy. Come on. Your kids are not your enemies. I know they act like it sometimes, but they're not. Your spouse is not your enemies. Listen, your boss is not your enemy. Your neighbor, who always steals your parking spot, not your enemy. Most days. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love my neighbors. (laughs) So the word honorable right there. Let me go back to Romans. Y'all, I know I'm being silly tonight. It's okay, man. You got to have fun. Amen. Amen. You can't come to church and be all stoic and all serious all the time. You got to have some fun, man. Y'all, it's going to, it's, it's good, man. It's good. So back in verse 17, we're almost done, right? We're almost done. In verse 17, it says, and do things in a way that anyone can see that you're honorable, right? That you are honorable. Do you know that word, that word honorable right there? It means beautiful by reason of purity of heart and life, and hence, praiseworthy. Did you catch that? Beautiful by reason of purity in heart and life, and hence, praiseworthy. Live your life in such a way that people see flowing out of you the beauty and the purity of your heart that leads them to praising God. Come on. Verse 18, we're almost there. We're almost there. Maybe. All right, we're almost there. Man, I'm just trying to think, do I split this into another week? We'll see. All right, so verse 18. Verse 18 says this. Go to verse 18. It says, (laughs) y'all, this is ridiculous. Someone should have raised my music stand before I started. I'm like an old man. Y'all, verse 18, do all, 
Someone snorted. I just heard him. All right. Do all that you can to live. <laughs> Y'all, we're losing it. Do all that you can to live in peace with, <clears throat> with everyone. Do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Listen to me. Reconciliation is our calling. Y'all, reconciliation is our calling. Y'all get that. Reconciliation, that is putting relationships back together. That is our calling. It, 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 sat, it said right there, do all you can to live at peace with everyone. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. It's not talking about making someone else live at peace with you. It says, do all you can to live at peace with everyone. Well, how do you do all you can to live at peace with everyone? Is you love them. You don't pretend to love them. You actually love them. And then you live in harmony. You seek to understand before, uh, before being understood. You, 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 that's how you begin to do this. You seek this out. You, if it's up to you, but if you can live at peace with all people. That means being willing to admit that you don't know it all. Come on, somebody. Do all you can. See, ideally, reconciliation happens in relationships that are broken, right? That's the goal. That's the heart of God. But reconciliation doesn't always happen, right? Forgiveness, listen, forgiveness requires one person. I don't need you to do anything for me in order for me to forgive you. Actually, if you're doing stuff in, in life and, and you've done X, Y, and Z, and then I forgive you, I feel like, okay, that's good enough. I can forgive them. That's not really forgiveness. Whatever they did is the currency that bought what you just did. You released them, right? Forgiveness comes without payment. Come on. Forgiveness, it, it, the currency of forgiveness is love. We've talked about this. So forgiveness requires one person. Jesus forgave humanity, right? But reconciliation requires two, right? God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself, making everything okay between humanity and himself. Our response to that will be to say yes and allow everything to be okay between us and God. So in our personal relationships... If the relationship is shattered and it's damaged and it's fractured, we are to do everything that we can to live at peace, harmony, shalom with them. Man, this is a great way to always be right. This is a really good way to always be right. It's a good way to begin to survive this pandemic, right? These are things we can begin to put into place. I have a lot more I want to unpack, but I'm going to go ahead and make this a two-week message series, and, uh, and I'll hit that next week. So we're going to come back to Romans 12 next week and unpack it some more. So I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope you got a chance to laugh. I hope you were inspired. I hope you take away something and apply it this week. Let me pray for you guys. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your goodness. And I pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, that every person who is watching right now, every person who is listening via the podcast, God, or online, 
Father, I pray that these words that have been spoken today, Father God, would just reverb in our hearts, God, that that we would just take, the, you would take these words, God, and you would use them to massage our hearts, to begin to see things the way that we need to see them, Father God, to reflect your goodness, your glory, and your love. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you do not pretend to love us, God, that you love us radically, Lord, that you love us unconditionally. Father, help us this week, God, to extend that very thing to our family members, our coworkers, and neighbors, even the ones who still work in spots. Father, we thank you, we love you, we worship you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. All right.